I was going to sing the uh, Mark Hamill Joker version of uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, but uh, Mrs. Unbuckled begged me not to. So just insert that into your brain right here. Yo, how's it going? And Merry Christmas, everyone. By the time you're hearing this, it will be December 20th. And I won't hear, you won't hear from me, correction, you won't hear from me again until after the new year. So I'm going to take this moment to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, whatever it is that you decide to celebrate. I wish you good season tidings. Today, we are going to be looking at Batman Shadow of the Bat Volume 1. There is going to be a, a slight caveat with this one. I would need everyone to realize this was the first thing I ever recorded and I put it on the back burner because it wasn't what I wanted my first couple of episodes to be and then I decided I better get it out now because I know it is way worse than, um, I guess I shouldn't say way worse. I, I feel like I'm at least getting progressively better talking to the mic. I'm doing the less ums and uhs and uh, and then that quiet air. So uh, just know that I do stumble a little bit around with this one, but I wanted to get it out to you, get it out of the way, because I do like the comic. I think it is worth talking about, and that's what you're going to hear today in this episode. So I don't have a lot to add. Like I said, it's it's the holidays around here. Just been getting ready for that, super busy. Uh, when bad weather comes in, I, I get tied up at work because I do snow removal at work. So I haven't had a lot of time to to sit in my my little bat cave here and, and do recording and work on that. So there's that. Oh, um, the day before, the day before this episode? No, the Monday after. So the day after Christmas... You need to go over and check out Three Bros, One Controller. That's Three Bros, One Controller. It's a podcast. Uh, it is Joe, Jake, and Jose. I talk about them almost every episode I do now. And the reason it is so imperative for you to go check them out on Monday is you're going to hear a familiar voice. It's it's me. I'm the familiar voice. I'm going to be joining them for their Christmas episode. We're going to be talking about comic book characters versus anime characters. Jake and I uh, pick out three comic book characters, you know, write down their abilities and blah, blah, blah. And then Joe and Jose do the same but with anime characters. And then we're going to roll a dice to match up who goes against who. And we will debate who we think will win in a fight. And then we're going to do the trivia and that whole thing. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. I appreciate those guys having me on their show. So make sure you go over and check out that episode. And then check out the rest of the episodes they have. It's a, it's a good, good little video game podcast where they don't just talk about games. They talk about the little intricacies involved in games. And do some fun trivia and read off some really funny gamer tags and just have a good time. So, uh, again, that would be the Monday after Christmas. I'm going to be on their show. Then, from me, the Tuesday after New Year's, you're going to get Venom Lethal Protector. 
from uh, this year, 2022, which it was just announced here not too long ago that we were getting a uh, a season two of that, and I'm so excited. And then the uh, January review, the big review, the main review episode is going to be a big one. I'm going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin, and... I'm just going to let that at that. You'll have to listen to the episode to see what I think. Spoiler alert. It's really, really good. Really good. And then there are five Tuesdays in January. So you're going to get another Unbuckled and Unscripted. And on that one, I have my buddy Joe from Three Bros, One Controller join me on the show and we talk Funko Pop. That's actually already recorded. We did that last weekend and... I think it went really well. I enjoyed the conversation with them. And yeah, that's about all I have planned out. I'm hoping in March to do a buddy episode with E period. Uh, we're talking about what comic we want to do. We haven't decided on that yet, and I'm not sure what's going to be the, uh, the first episode in March that you get. Like I said, I've been a little bit busy. Haven't had time to plan things out. Oh, I skipped over February. February! Your first episode in February is planned to be uh, Batman, The Adventure Continues, Season 1. And then the second episode in February is going to be Spider-Man, Vengeance of Venom. I have those planned out. I do not have March planned out. That said, uh, I want to thank everyone for stopping by the show, checking it out. If it's your first time or your fourth time listening or your fifth time, I guess we do have five episodes now. Um, I appreciate it. I have a Facebook page. I'm on Spotify, Amazon Music, Anchor, Podcast. I'm missing one. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. What's my What's my other one? Spotify, Amazon Music. Oh, boy. Well, that's right. If you're listening to me, I'm on whatever you're listening to me on. So you already know, right? Right, right. Um, so I guess, I guess this is, that's all I really had. We're going to jump into Batman Shadow of the Bat Volume 1. And again, I hope you have a great holiday season and let's go. All right. So as I'm sure I've already stated, this is actually my first time recording a review. Um, it's a book that I finished before I decided I was going to start the podcast I decided I want to get the recording in before um, it got out of my mind. I started reading other things and got stuff muddled in my brain. Um, if you read enough comic books, you you understand what I'm saying. Um, I you know read a lot of Batman. A lot of times, I have a hard time deciphering you know what happened in some of the animated movies, the TV shows, the comics. Um, so I wanted to get this one out now. I have no idea when you're going to be hearing it, but just know that this is actually my first time recording a review. Uh, so let's see how it goes. The uh, trade paperback that I am reviewing this time around is going to be uh, Batman Shadow of the Bat. Uh, obviously, it was uh, published by DC Comics. Uh, the writer is Alan Grant. Uh, he does a lot of work. He, he did a lot on Batman. Um, including Nightfall, which is um, a major book. I, I would like to do it, but it's just, it's huge. And I feel like if I have to do Nightfall, then I have to do 
Quest and Night Rise as well. Uh, Alan Grant also did, you know, work on the Robin books and Lovo, and the bulk of his stuff is in um, 2000 AD, which is the uh, the run on Judge Dredd. The artist is Norm, and forgive me for this, Ray Fogle, I think is how you say it. Um, he's credited with a lot of DC Prime Earth characters like Scarface and Ventriloquist, excuse me. Um, and then along with Victor Zaz, Cadaver, and Jeremiah Arkham, which all show up in this uh, trade back. Uh, the artist we have is Tim Sale. Tim Sale is one of my favorite artists in all of comics. Uh, down the line, we're going to get to some of his work that I just I absolutely love. Uh, he's credited with a lot of DC Prime Earth characters as well, like Alberto Falcone, Carla Falcone, Sophia Falcone, um, which all come from the, the book The Long Halloween. Uh, probably in my top five out of the Batman comics, and the artwork has a lot to do with it. He's also credited with characters like Nimrod and Chancer, who also show up in Batman Shadow of the Bat Volume 1. Uh, the original uh, single-issue run that is collected in this uh, was out in 1992 to 1993. Uh, the trade I have came out in 2016. It is a page count of 320, and the cover price on it is $24.99. Before we even get to the end of this, um, I'm going to kind of spoil the end of my review and tell you that the, the price of $25 on this is worth it. it it's definitely worth it. Um, so before we get to the story, let's go back to Tim Sale and um, Norm, or I'm just going to call him Norm. The artwork in this book is top-notch. Um, when I read comics, I'm typically very picky about the artwork. If I don't like the artwork, I won't read it. I'm going to take flack for this, but Batman Arkham Asylum, I, I didn't like it. The artwork was just awful. I, I didn't like the story. I, I know I'm probably in the minority with that. I, I actually think it was called Batman or um, Arkham Asylum, uh, Living Hell on Earth or something like that. It was the one where all the Batman villains take over. Like the artwork was just so terrible. I couldn't stand it. It was just, it made it hard to read. Um, books that Tim Sale was involved in, like the long Halloween, um, Pretty sure he did work in Hush as well and Dark Victory. I love that style of art. Um, so if I'm if I'm going off the top of my head, I think this book in particular has my third favorite artwork in it. Um, I like how they they draw the characters, the shading of Batman. I and to be honest, I I prefer Batman with the gray suit, the yellow belt, yellow logo. The uh, Blue Cow and Cape, um, the first comic book I ever read, um, which I'm planning to actually be my first full review episode, so you'll probably hear that one before this, but was uh, Death in the Family, which is how Batman is drawn in that. And for me, even though these books were came out before I was born, it feels very classic to me, very nostalgic. Um, I like the way they... They drew the characters' faces, the expressions that they have. Um, 
Victor Zass in it. Uh, Nightwing is in this. He has his um, original Nightwing costume, which, to be honest, might be my favorite Nightwing costume out of them all. And then Tim Drake's Robin is in it, and that, again, is just a classic Robin costume. It, it really doesn't get much better than this artwork. Uh, if I'm grading the artwork in the book overall, I'm grading it uh, 9 out of 10. Now, um, I will say it is kind of funny because as much as I love the artwork, the dialogue in it is a little bit kind of funny. I noticed this going through, I was maybe a quarter of the way through, and I noticed how much they use the word man. And after I noticed it, every time it came up, it was just like, it pulled me out of the story a little bit. Um, and, and like Batman would use it saying like, you've got to stop him, man, or come on, man. Like it, just referring to people as man, it's, it seemed very dated and it wasn't just Batman saying it, like everyone said it and it was a little bit frequent and just that slight change of dialogue throughout all the stories in here was enough to just pull me out of it. Um, so I don't, I don't, you know, fault that along the artwork. I just thought it was worth mentioning that it's one of the the weird times that I actually noticed the dialogue that there was something just a little bit off. Um, this contains six separate stories in it. It has uh, the Last Arkham, which is a four parter, the Black Spider one parter, the Ugly American one parter, the Thane of Gotham. That's the Thane of Gotham. T-H-A-N-E, not Bane, you know, the mask, yeah, you know. Uh, that's one part, and then it also has the Misfits, which is the two-part, and then ends with uh, the Human Flea, which is a two-part. Um, so I'm going to go over each one and their plot real quick, um, just talk about the stories. In my mind, the only one that might have a spoiler would be the last Arkham, and that's who is kind of behind it all. But if you're paying attention early on, you kind of know. Um, so I'm going to talk about it, and I'll just avoid the spoiler, but it, it's really not – I'll avoid who's kind of behind it all. Um, I'll avoid saying it out loud, but I'm sure you can guess. So in the last Arkham, it uh, starts out with Jeremiah Arkham. He builds a new Arkham Asylum after he gets it from his, I believe, uncle, is how they have it in this, uh, Am Am Amadeus Arkham. Um, there's discussion about how Amadeus went crazy, and they build this new Arkham to be, you know, impossible for the criminals to break out and you know of course that's not that's not how the batman universe works uh they show in part one amadeus you know how he treats his patients he's a little bit brutal with some of them and then some killings start happening around gotham and they deem it to be a uh, victor zaz copycat you know, and of course, Batman isn't entirely convinced it's a copycat. Um, the pressure of the case really mounts for him. 
which is something that you know we don't see too much of is is through all the comics that I have. You don't see the cases getting to Batman where he latches out, but he attacks a police officer, and uh, it actually lands him in Arkham as well. The book is actually extremely well paced. the The character of Victor Zass is really creepy, well done. Um, you know, Jim Corden plays a big role. Uh, Nightwing's involved quite a bit. I like how it, um, while Batman spends his time in Arkham, it gives a shift to shine some light on Nightwing and uh, Robin as well. Robin isn't in it a ton, but uh, you find out that Batman being sent to Arkham is part of his plan. Uh, I'm, I'm sure no one's really surprised about that. Uh, Nightwing breaks into Arkham not knowing that it was Batman's plan. There's, you know, a lot of chaos that ensues, and hold on one second, please. My computer locked me out. There we go. Um, he gets recaptured and escapes, and they they release criminals upon him to try and keep him in. And all the while, there's this this copycat killer supposedly out there that they're they're trying to figure out, and. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the story, and I was skeptical of this book as a whole because when I did read uh, the Nightfall, Night Quest, and Night Rise, the Shadow of the Bats were my least favorite ones in those compilations, and I'm pretty sure when I was reading No Man's Land, the Shadow of the Bat runs in those compilations, I think were my least favorite parts. So I've always seen this on the shelves at my local comic book store, but I, I wanted to avoid it because I sometimes didn't really care for the artwork that was in them. I don't like um, when they draw, when Azrael's Batman is when it sticks out of my head um, in, in Night Quest. In the uh, Shadow of the Bat runs, they, they draw him as an arching figure. You know, he's always hunched over. He looks more like what you would envision if you drew Dracula from the point of his victim. Really menacing, scary figure. They didn't do that in this. They they drew Batman the way I like him to. Um, when I got through the uh, story of the last Arkham, I was pleasantly pleased, and I didn't want to put the book down. The pacing of the story was really good. Um, there weren't any lulls where I was bored with it. it. It didn't feel like any unnecessary filler. And to be honest, I was actually kind of guessing until the end. I pretty much knew how that one was going to end. But I wasn't sure. Um, so that was a great story. Then the second one, The Black Spider, um, there wasn't a whole lot to this other than the Black Spider himself, his story. Um, he's, you know, a recovered drug addict. He has, you know, she's kind of a girlfriend, not a girlfriend type thing that he has a kid to. And he's like going after these drug lords. And, you know, Batman's trying to stop him because he wants to kill him. And, and, I don't have a lot to add to this story because it's just one that you should read. But what I'm going to say is the the ending is kind of heartbreaking. And the way they portray this woman and, you know, her drug abuse and what that does to her child as well. It's, it's actually a very emotional story from that standpoint, which I give it a lot of credit. Um, it, it's, it's a really good story. It's just sitting here talking about it without giving away too much on it 
I, I can't, I can't add a lot to it, but at the end of that one, I was still, you know, really pleased. I was, you know, ready for more. I, I jumped into the next one, which is the ugly American, which yeah, kind of, kind of left a lot to, to be desired. It just wasn't, it felt like filler, unnecessary space. Um, some of it definitely felt like, uh, they wrote it to kind of be maybe anti, anti-American military type deal. The, the bad guy in it is just, he was programmed to be a weapon in the military and to hate anything that isn't like the, you know, the American way and this and that. And he, he finds his daughter and his daughter had married, you know, a gentleman who he claims is a foreigner. And like, it just, it felt a little bit too political for my liking and i mean i'm not saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the book it just it felt unnecessary to me they had two really good stories and 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 that's me that's my opinion um maybe someone reads that and sees it completely different and has a, a different attachment to it which is fine it's it was just to me it felt a little unnecessary it did feel kind of preachy um, and it was Batman going up against, you know, just some random guy, the, the, the ugly American is they, they, and he is, he's, he's ugly. I'm not, I'm not justifying anything there, but it just seemed like he wasn't interesting. He was just, I don't know. He was just a big racist bully basically. And it just didn't, it didn't hit home, you know, kind of felt like kind of felt like been there, done that, you know, that story has been told. Um, but regardless, uh, it's hard to follow up the last Arkham and Black Spider. And I, I was really hyped up for what was next. And I just was underwhelmed with that one. Still completely worth a read, just wasn't as good as the previous two. The next one is The Misfits, which was a two-parter. Um, Robin is involved a lot more in this, which I, I like the Tim Drake Robin. You get to see his detective skills at work. Um, Batman is actually, isn't in it as much. Uh, the plot is that there is a new villain in Gotham called the Chancer. He's, um, very lucky, uh, kind of like Domino from the, the Deadpool comics. And he, you know, pulls a heist ends up getting um, involved with some other criminals that I, I think they call themselves the Misfits. I don't know if they actually dub themselves the Misfits, but uh, the the head of that ring is Killer Moth. And I really enjoy anytime some of these comics reach outside of what you're used to seeing. They pull in some of the more obscure Batman villains like Killer Moth. Um, growing up, I, I watched uh, the Teen Titans and, you know, he, they, they really made fun of him in that one, in that cartoon. He was a villain that kind of became a laughing joke, but in this one he's, I don't want to say he's formidable, but they come up with a plan and it, it, it works. The other villains, I, I actually had the comic sitting here next to me and I, I flipped to the page. It's the Chancer, Catman, which this is the first time I've actually seen Catman before, uh, Calendar Man, and he has his uh, costume I think uh, most people will know Calendar Man from the Arkham City video game where he's locked in the prison. Um, he might be in Arkham Asylum or what as well. I can't can't remember. I know he's in Arkham City. 
He has the tattoos of uh, the months around his head. Uh, looks very different in this. Um, oh, he's in The Long Halloween as well. And they show him the way you see him in Arkham City. Uh, this one, he actually has a costume. He's a little bit goofier. Um, but I'm happy he's here. And then, like I said, Killer Moth and this new uh, Chancer are the bad guys. They um, hatch a plot to kidnap some of Gotham's elite. Uh, I believe it's the mayor. I think his name is Cruel or something like that. Or maybe it's the governor. I'd actually have to flip through and see. Uh, either way, it's a political figure, and then it is Bruce Wayne and Jim Gordon, and they do get caught. So Bruce Wayne is captured. They're holding them for ransom. Um, Robin's trying to find them. Killer Moth promises to let them free, and he actually, you know, kind of double crosses everything, and turns out he wants to kill them. And all the while, there's this other. Um, figure that shows up in Gotham that uh, Batman assumes is a villain and he kind of comically in in the first book as Batman's trying to catch Chancer this guy interrupts Batman he has a suit that makes him invisible and he he commonly declares himself to Batman as Nimrod so um which is the character that we brought up that uh I believe Tim Sale is credited to and this Nimrod is uh, an escape prisoner he's uh, sentenced to life for shooting supposedly his girlfriend, but that's not the case. This Chancer is the one that did it, so he's out for revenge on Chancer. He's trying to clear his name. He gets tangled up with Batman, later gets involved with Robin. Um, he is a okay, interesting character. Um, they probably could have done the story just as well without him. But he adds an extra layer to it. The Chancer, I wouldn't mind seeing him pop up again. That, that's a, a villain that works off of luck. That's that's always kind of interesting to see how how that plays out. Um, Catman, I I didn't, you know, he pretty much one dimensional. I was more interested in his giant uh, panther than than him. And then of course uh, Killer Moth. I, I I like Killer Moth. I like what they did with him. Um, the pacing on this story does fall a little flat somewhere in the middle. Um, the conversations between Batman and Jim Gordon while, while they're trying to um, determine where these, um, like the Nimrods, where these, these criminals are, it, it does get a little bit sluggish in the middle. But uh, it picks up for part two. Part two is really good. Um, and how everything plays out in the end. I, uh, I really did enjoy this one. I'm actually going to, at the end of going over all of these, I'll, I'll tell, let you know what order they're in. Um, which ones I like the best to the least. Um, so let's move on to the next one. Thane of Gotham was the next book. This one, again, was almost like the ugly American for me. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't thrilled. Actually, you know what? I believe I said that Misfits was two parts. I was wrong. The Misfits is three parts. Uh, but anyway, back to the Thane of Gotham. The Thane of Gotham just felt like filler. 
Um, it, it did show the, the again, I, I can't say much about this one without spoiling it. So I'll just tell you that there's a slight twist in it um, that shows some fault in Batman. And I always kind of like to see when Batman kind of messes up or judges something wrong. It gives us that, that human side. It makes him seem less of like a Superman who's infallible. Um, I, you know, I just, I, I do kind of like comics that, that do that, that, that allow us to see another dimension of Batman's character. Uh, but like I said, it's a short one. It doesn't bring a whole lot to the table, but it, it is still an enjoyable read. Um, and then the last one, The Human Flea. Uh, that's right, The Human Flea. Again, it, it seems a little comical. Excuse me. In this one, uh, a criminal in Arkham, you know, that one that, the beginning of the book they built so villains can't escape, named Cadaver, escapes with uh, another criminal named Bodie. Bodie is in Arkham because he is an animal rights activist. You find out that he's in there because he burnt down a building uh, for animals. And this cadaver is a murderer um, who also has a brain tumor. And his goal is to wipe out as many people in Gotham as he can before his brain tumor um, kills him. So there's an escape from Arkham. And then there's also the human flea who at the very beginning is um, robbing a store or a bar. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's a bar. Takes the money. You know, Batman's chasing him. He gets away because he's not prepared for a suit. Um, so Batman's actually investigating this human flea more than he is this cadaver guy. Uh, the cadaver guy sets up this, this plan um, he decides to use fleas in his plan, so everyone's path kind of merges towards the end. And Batman does a quick team up with, again, the human flea. Um, it 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 just seems it seems silly, and it kind of is. But it's it's really it's not a bad story. Um, I love the character of Cadaver. He is a creepy guy. He almost reminds me of the Tally Man, which makes sense because of the guys that worked on this, you know, were also involved in Shadow of the Bat and Arkham Knight. Um, you know, they, they draw him as a very tall, lurky figure. He's lengthy. He's got creepy teeth, creepy facial expressions, and he is just pure evil. Um, I, I Again, I wouldn't mind reading a... Another one with him involved in it. I, I enjoyed that character. I enjoyed that story a lot. And with that said, um, let me tell you my least, I'll, I'll tell you my least favorite to my favorites in this collection here. My least favorite is The Ugly American. The next bottom one is Thane of Gotham. That's Thane of Gotham. Uh, then it's The Human Fleet. And I just said I really like this. I do really like it. It's not a knock on the human flea. The human flea loses points because there's a character in it named the human flea. Um, and Cadaver's uh, plan in it's a little little out there even for Batman villains. But um, after that, I have the Black Spider. I Again, I think it's just a really well thought out story. It was just a little bit too short and it, it 
felt kind of shallow when it was all said and done. Shallow as in it it was it would have worked better if it would have had more parts to it instead of just being a, a one one book if they would have expanded on it you know gave us a little more depth let us care about the black spider a little bit more before the end of that book i think it could have you know done a lot better um then it's the misfits again i like the killer moth i like the fact that robin got a little bit more of the spotlight um and number one is the book that it all starts with which is the last Arkham. Um, I like the character of Victor Zass. He's an underused character. That story had great pacing in it. Um, I was guessing a little bit there until, until closer to the end. Um, but yeah. So overall with this book, I am so pleased. Like I said at the beginning, the $25 price tag, well worth it. Um, Whenever I get a chance, I'll look forward to picking it back up again and reading through it once more and all of them. Even though, like I said, I had the ugly American at the bottom. It wasn't a bad story. It was just the worst one in this pile. Um, if I'm rating this book, which that's what we're here for, if I'm rating this book out of 10, overall, considering the great artwork in it, the stories in it, I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I am impressed with this book, and maybe it's because I went in there with low expectations because, again, I've like I've said before, The Shadow of the Bats, I, I wasn't overly a big fan of some of the other ones that I read, but um, this book shattered my expectations for it. Um, so there you go. Shadow of the Bat, Alan Grant, Tim Sale, and Norm Rayfold. I don't know. Um, thanks so much for coming by guys. Um, again, I have a Facebook page right now. That's the best way to reach out to me, you know, get on there, hit the like button, subscribe, follow, whatever it is that you got to do on there. Send me a message. Um, if you listen to this podcast on anchor, you can even send me a voice message, um, wherever you listen to it at, hit the like button, uh, throw me some love and We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care, guys. Thanks.